Hello everyone, welcome to a very special episode of the CDH Cast. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be breaking down a single card that sees play in Competitive Commander CDH and talk about the different decks that are playing it, the different ways people play the card, how it's fallen in and out of favor, and generally just the type of information you'd want to know about a single card in CDH. Today I have with me a, you know, a well-known deck brewer, content creator, meme artist, uh, Alton. Hello, Alton. Hello, how's it going today, Brandon? Uh, good, good. I just got off work and now I used to talk about magic, which is a lot of fun. It's the best part of life. Probably, sadly. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we're talking about a card that I kind of got you on a few weeks ago, right? Uh, yeah, I just started... I just started tinkering around with it myself a few weeks ago. So I've known about the combo um, and the availability we of the should, card, but I just should, haven't hopped Yeah, on. Yeah, so I guess we should say what the card is. So it's uh, F Final Fortune. So I'm going to read what Final Fortune does, and then we can kind of talk about how it's used. So Final Fortune is an instant for red red. It says you take an extra turn, so it's like an instant speed time walk. But at the end step of that extra turn, you lose the game. So the way you're using it, Alton, is you're using it as part of a Spellseeker combo. Do you want to explain that? Uh, yeah, so I'm using it in a Spellseeker combo. Um, I believe it was Deke that came up with it. Um, at least he's the one that I had known and was brought to attention from. Uh, him and Hire brought it to me. Um, so you play Spellseeker. You grab Ephemerate. You get to ephemerate your Spellseeker, and then you grab Final Fortune. On that Final Fortune, your next upkeep, Ephemerate will trigger again, hitting Spellseeker, which will allow you to go grab Enlightened Tutor. Still on your upkeep, you get to Enlightened Tutor for Underworld Breach. And then with Underworld Breach, you get to recast Ephemerate to grab uh, Brain Freeze again, and then you get to Enlightened Tutor for LED, and then Brain Freeze, and then proceed to Brain Freeze LED Loop with Breach. Yep. Yeah, so it's pretty powerful. It's especially good in decks that are already playing, you know, Brain Freeze, Spellseeker, uh, Underworld Breach, LED, if you're and Enlightened Tutor. If you're already playing those cards, the combo is pretty powerful, right? Yeah, it's really good with um, Jeskai Breach decks, just in general. Um, yeah. I'm actually really liking it here, especially because with addition of green, Spellseeker gets turned on more with uh, Neoform. So you can Neoform a Thrasios into it. You can grab a Neoform off Spellseeker. It just has more versatility. Yeah, so you're playing it in a Thrasios Bruce evolution deck, right? Yes. Yeah, so you can also like Eldritch Evolution a Dork for your, you know, your Spellseeker, which is pretty powerful. That's kind of uh, insane. So another common combo with Final Fortune is Isochron Scepter. And the main deck we see that combo in is in Obeka. So if you are if you follow Nathan on Twitter, Nathan uh, Chef Deadpool, uh, the Hermit Druid, he is a big fan of Obeka. He likes big, stompy women. And Obeka definitely falls into that category. Um, Obeka says it's a, it's a legendary creature for one black, red, blue. Tap... Whoever's player, whoever, whichever player's turn it is, may end the turn if they if they choose. Um, so that's already very powerful with uh, Final Fortune as a, just a value piece. It's like a two minute time walk with Obeka. 
with uh, Isochron Scepter, you can actually cast Final Fortune every turn and then end the turn in response to the trigger so you never lose, which is obviously very powerful. It replaces... It's like... Obeka is like an outlet for your Isochron Scepter Dramatic Reversal combo, but instead of Dramatic Reversal, you have this like two-mana time walk. Um, additionally, there's two other effects like Final Fortune that are sorceries. Uh, Warrior's Oath and Last Chance. Yeah. Both of those effects also kill you during the end step. Obeka also turns those into uh, just time walks. An interesting thing about Obeka is that you can play Obeka, then play the time walk effect, go to your next turn, and then Obeka has haste effectively, which is really cool. So it's actually very efficient in terms of just like sequencing. This combo is probably less popular because it's kind of limited to just a couple decks. Um, Decks that can tutor out artifacts really efficiently because there's an artifact called uh, Sundial of the Infinite, which does a very similar effect to Obeka. Yeah, have you have you played against any decks like this before, Elton? Uh, I've played against it once, and I did not win that game. Um, it was the first time I saw the deck. It was actually super interesting to see. Um, that card is surprisingly super strong itself, Obeka, but Final Fortune yeah. is just like what makes that even better in my opinion it, it yeah it's what keeps it with Cass. another thing you can do in obeka that's unique is you can play underworld breach and time walk effects so that if you end the turn in response to the fi- the final fortune and like kill yourself ability and the underworld breach ability you as long as you can put three new cards in your graveyard each turn which is not that hard especially if you have like a wheel or something you can actually just take infinite turns so that's you know that's pretty unique and powerful too that's super good just play like tomb scour or something like that yeah or uh brain freeze (laughs) brain freeze yeah classic yeah so um i actually uh i really like the card in most like we keep going back to this uh final fortune but it layers really well with bridge decks that's just a common denominator there yeah, so the last way that I commonly see Final Fortune used is it's kind of a combo piece if you think of it. It's if you have two red mana up after you necro play your Necropotence, you can necro for your life total effectively, uh, see the top 40-ish cards of your deck, and then cast a Final Fortune, discard to the final seven, and then try to win on that last turn. If you're like me and you're playing Corvold, it lets you play a second copy of Crop Rotation effectively, where Crop Rotation Finding Emergence Zone does basically the same thing in, in a deck like Corvold. So Final Fortune lets you That's disgusting. really aggressively Yeah, Final Fortune lets you really aggressively uh Necro. It turns Necro into like a one card win con effectively. Yeah, the math works out. Ad nauseous well math becomes even bro. Yeah, it works out that even if you have no mana up, there's like a, I think we did the math, it was like a 30% chance that you win the game, even if you have no mana up, just from like Simeon Spirit Guides and other rituals. Um, but if you have mana up, it becomes way more consistent, because now you can like Vampiric Tutor. Uh, it's it's like possible that you, uh, you, uh, you know, go Dark Ritual, Cabal Ritual, uh, another ritual effect then you play vampire tutor you cycle on earth to draw you know crop rotation or final fortune and then you play those cards and you win so 
it's uh it's really interesting the card itself is just a threat as well because it's an instant that says you take an extra turn after this turn so you get the cheat turn order yeah which has been super fun to do in any cdh game oh this guy's gonna untap and win well i'm gonna untap before him and try to stop like do something or yeah yeah, or just win on before he gets he gets to go. It's just almost like you said, a second emergence zone. Yeah. So I think one thing people forget about Final Fortune is that it doesn't take you don't get the extra turn after your after your turn. It's right now. So if you play just I'm just trying to be clear, if you play a Final Fortune during one of your opponent's turns, you get to slip yourself into turn order and get a turn before the next player does. Which is obviously very useful in like a in a metagame where maybe you're directly after the control player in turn order. And so, you know, like you can't like always just go for it right after like the control player on taps. So by being able to like hold up this final fortune, let the two players after you go for it on their turns, drain each other of interaction, uh, make sure that you don't lose, but you know, hold up this final fortune, then cast final fortune, go for it on your turn. That's super powerful. And I have done that. Uh, usually Corval just wants to jam it, but there have been games where I've had the final fortune and been like, Oh, I just die if I don't win here. So I might as well just go for it. And then I, I do get there. So. Yeah. It's um, I've been able to do that with Spellseeker too. Like I'll just play Spellseeker, grab Ephemerate and both Ephemerate and final fortune are instance. So I can literally just interrupt an interaction and try to take a turn before the next person gets to go. Yeah, it's really scary playing against your deck when you spell Seeker for Ephemerate because you know, hey, if we go too hard on interacting with this value piece, we might just lose to the combo, which is really scary. It basically means that like once you have an Ephemerate in hand, white, red, red represents like the win. Yeah, which is terrifying because Boros is normally not going to be good at magic. Yeah, I mean, even just like... The fact that you get to basically, it's not like Flash where you can win on the stack, but it is like Flash in that it like forces the table to respect you, which is really scary. <laughs> and not a lot of decks can do that just for like, you know, one, just for three mana instant speed. Yeah, it opens up more one card win conditions. So we had like Intuition as a super strong interaction or uh, one card combo card. That assembles Breach, but now with Seeker and Final Fortune, you get to assemble that as well. Yeah. So, what have you found in your in your in your testing of your new list? I just I'd like to kind of go in deep on the decks that you and I know about. In your testing with uh, Final Fortune, how has it affected the way that you play the deck and the way that people around you have to respect your deck? Um, so I traditionally play a tempo style as is. And this just completely supports that style. Um, I like um, the instant speed interaction, um, especially playing with the spell seekers. They they will make fun of me for sandbagging and sandbagging, but this card just is like, I'm not sandbagging anymore. I'm gonna win the game as if I cast this card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the crazy just... thing about ephemerate is that if you do it like at your end step before your turn. Mm-hmm. you don't even need to find final fortune you can just find like a yeah a miscast right like yeah that crazy that or, works yeah and it also layers with dockside decks too because you just get to go play dockside ephemerate final fortune you're gonna net a crazy amount of mana and if you're playing like worldly tutor so what you can do is you can ephemerate dockside and then uh final fortune 
with a worldly tutor and draw your Emil or Baron or Team Your Sabretooth, whatever you're playing there as well. Yeah, so it actually doubles like in your deck because you have access to green. You're you don't exclusively have to always find the enlighten the uh, enlightened tutor. You can just find the worldly tutor and go for it that way. That's really interesting. Yeah, it it opens it opens a lot more lines that just haven't been available, especially in sand black. It turns um, it turns my two like top deck tutors a little more into the. Uh, uh, demonic tutor even though it's not as great but it puts those uh non-black tutors a little bit closer i think the cool thing at least for me looking from the outside in is it makes all of your creature tutors especially the ones that put cards on the battlefield way scarier Uh, because like yeah it you know at any point like a, a neoform with like five mana up i'm not i'm not sure exactly it's white red red is it just white red red the first turn i forget exactly how many it is um but... so you go spell seeker so you need to put the spell seeker into play and then you need to have white yeah, red, red remaining that. on that turn yeah yeah so like um, with a neoform in the stack mm-hmm. if you have three mana up i have to like be extremely respectful of that which is kind of crazy yeah it's it's like five mana or six mana if you're playing the seeker first mm-hmm yeah. So is that is that most of what you have to say about uh Final Fortune in your current list, or is there anything spicy you're working on using uh, it or mostly just trying it as a little bit more utility. So there's off there's especially in layered combo decks, so like with Adnaz decks, my deck, um so in my list in particular, I can be really, really close to winning. I just need that one more turn, and that's where Final Fortune's gonna I'm gonna try to utilize it more um sometimes i'm just stopped and i'll have like two remaining mana but i need that third mana to like un- so untapping will win me the game um yeah. it is it's a ritual in a lot of decks it is a ritual and a draw spell and um you know an extra combat step and all those things can be really valuable yeah it's exploration and uh but much 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 better yeah, so I guess moving to Corval, this is the deck that I have the most experience playing Final Fortune. So I, I've been playing. I, I added it to Corval very early on because I felt like it was super powerful with the Necropotence, which which ended up being one of the more powerful draw engines in the deck. And playing Corval, I found that Red Red is actually pretty easy to make. We have cards like Tinderwall and Dockside that you know filter our mana pretty easily. So I. I've actually been able to cast it pretty consistently, and there are a lot of games where, you know, that extra turn is enough to win the game. I will say Final Fortune is probably the card that, like, kills me the most, in that I usually sequence incorrectly when I use it. I find a lot of the time, like, I'll have a Mana Crypt or something in play, and I'll, like, Necro for just enough that I die to my Mana Crypt, which is frustrating, and I've definitely improved, you know, my sequencing in that regard. But it is something I, I kind of would give a warning to to people who want to use it, Final it, Fortune aggressively. It's definitely it, you rewards have to be very good careful. play. It rewards really yeah. good play, but it punishes super hard. Yeah, I, I've killed myself with with my mana crypt in my, in my with Final Fortune more than I've died to <laughs> Final Fortune in the end step. 
Uh, I've had a couple games where like it meant that I couldn't reanimate my Dockside or something because I chose the one mana reanimate over the two mana reanimate, not thinking about what if I lose the Crypt Flip or maybe I have a Vampire Tutor that I plan on using. Just things like that. So that's that's a that's something I would uh, I would warn about in terms of uh, using the card like a combo way, you know, with Necropotence. I found that it's very consistent and very powerful. It turns out people don't respect Necropotence as like a win con yet. I think that'll change as like people keep testing with Final Fortune because I feel like people are really, really in this little year have really figured out how good it is. But people don't, in my experience, like they'll let Necropotence resolve, not realizing that like if I'm tapped out, it doesn't mean I'm actually tapped out. Like I might draw some mean spirit guide and a pyroblast, or I might draw, you know, a oh, a spirit guide and a crop rotation, right? Yeah, uh, so just like having out a wild cantor or tinder wall, like people forget about those. Um, yeah, it works or even for- if I just have the tinder wall they will forget that hey I, I have this like free interaction in my deck or free mana in my deck that that makes this really interesting so yeah it's have you have you played against any decks that use final fortune with necropotence uh i have not most of the decks i've actually seen have been cutting necropotence which with final fortune i think is wrong um they are it, that the mana is super rough for both of them. Triple black and the double red is fairly hard yeah, to that's, do. That's um, definitely true. But if you're playing a, you just gotta think of it this way. If you're playing a dockside, you're gonna have like, and it makes five mana. You you have it right there. Um, I also think that something I learned from Shaper, just because Shaper will really enjoys Necropotence and CST, is that a lot of the time you can, you can actually tutor up the ritual right so like i've had i've had hands where it, i had a hand the other day that was exactly this it was a it was two lands a tinder wall a necropotence and a and a vampire tutor and so what i did is i turned one held up mana i vamp tutored for dark ritual go to my second turn play my land play dark ritual necropotence land tinder wall i won that game that's uh, disgusting because i I drew into Final Fortune, and I drew 30-something 30, 30 cards. So that's definitely something that the deck is capable of doing, and it's one of the reasons I think Necropotence is so good right now is because with the invention of Emergent Zone and people being able to finally pay red-red consistently and black-black-black consistently in the same deck, which was not always the case, that was actually a pretty big deal at one point. I think that... Uh, these like this ability this archetype this card this is like the right time for it you know yeah it also makes other like new cards um so jessica's will is one of the most popular or not the most popular right now but it's it's like right there with wanting to be playable especially with rog decks thrasios decks those cheap commander decks having a jessica's will if you hit hit it a final fortune off the top and make that mana that's going to be a very strong Jessica's Will. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, it's one of the reasons I'm on Jessica's Will is because it's very possible that I pay three mana for Jessica's Will instead of playing Corvold. I leave Black Green up. I hit, like, a Dockside or I hit a Final Fortune, and then I use the rest of the mana to play Corvold. Go to my next turn. I untap. Now I have tons of mana, have a Corvold in play, and I can start to, you know, dig, try to find a, a game 
you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, Jessica's Will is very powerful. Uh, Jessica's Will, I think, like, your best hits off of Jessica's Will are going to be, like, Underworld Breach, Dockside, and I believe Final Fortune will be the other, that other top third slot of things you want to hit because of the red mana yeah. restriction. Yeah, and people have been testing, like, cards like Mizix's Mastery, and I definitely think there's, like, something interesting there because you can always just recast your Jessica's Will. But I I think that that you do need cards that are hyper-impactful, like, every time you flip them off Jessica's Will, and Final Fortune is absolutely one of those cards, you know? Yeah, because um, you're already going to have a commander out if you're doing it. If you're playing Jessica's Will, you're going to have a commander. Um and typically those commanders are going to be Thrasios, they're going to be Timna, they're going to be Rog, uh, even the new Jessica's herself. And like you're going to have insane value by playing it and then just hitting almost anything, especially one of those three cards, is going to be huge. Yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of Jessica's Will and in Final Fortune being in the same deck for sure. All right. And we already talked a bit about Obeka. I think I think you and I personally don't have a lot to add to that, but I will say, you know, Time Walk's busted, right? I, I like, think that's the best deck, personally, for Final Fortune. Um, I think it layers probably. really well with uh, any deck that can play Spellseeker combo. So those Jeska decks, or uh, Jeska decks. Um, yeah. Corval Additionally, Obeka, yeah. Obeka gets to uh, exile the Necropotence triggers so that the cards just stay in the graveyard. So that's also really powerful. That's disgusting. Yeah. So Obeka definitely. Uh, if 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 you already have an Obeka in play and a Necropotence, it's probably hard to lose the game. <laughs> at that point, if you're at that point, <laughs> it, it's going to be hard to shove Cass off the Grixis throne. Um, but like with Silas Rog and Obeka both coming out, Grixis has a lot of more toys to play with than just Cass now. Yeah, for sure. And I think Obeka is probably more valuable on the is as like a grind commander, just thanks to you having so many extra turn effects for two mana, and having so many synergies with Breach and Necropotence, and cool. also like you basically have a stacks piece in play that says you can't play end of turn tutors, which is like kind of insane. Your opponents can't play end of turn ad nauses. That's the big yeah, one. That yeah, that too. And if they do, they have to do it early on in the person's turn, which is like so mean <laughs> you know they have like if you count, cast it on someone's upkeep the person has to be like all right do i not draw a card this turn or do i lose to adnos <laughs> i mean i i i want to say i would be willing to sacrifice my turn but i don't know if i would want to it it would be a hard choice for sure all right so reaching uh, the end of our uh you know final fortune discussion I just want to give you an opportunity to shill the spell seekers and the other stuff you're working on, Alton. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. So I am part of the group, the spell seekers. It's me, Okami, Jesse, Hal, Halianium, and Beowulf. Uh, we do a bunch of shenanigans and some CEDH content. Um, we are trying to do live streams every Wednesday, but it has been life has been hitting with Corona, uh, so we're working around that. But we are trying to get a consistent schedule. Um, just fun group of guys to play with and post youtube videos with yeah for sure they're great and i i uh i i've made myself an unofficial staff member of the uh the spell seekers so you'll probably yeah. see me on there as often as they'll they'll have me 
Yeah, we love having you. You make my uh, spell snare so much better. Uh, you make my turn two wins so much easier. <laughs> with your greedy, greedy keeps out. <laughs> it's like eight rocks in play on turn two, and I'm just like, oh, thank you. I don't even play eight rocks. I play seven artifacts in my deck. That's not me. I You had like a carpet, a mox diamond, and a mana crypt in play one me. game, I think. Yeah, I just spell snare your dock side. That's all I do. Hey, I just reanimate it then. We're fine. I know. No, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being part of our uh, first episode of our little single card discussion. Yeah. Dish cast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having everyone, me. Uh, yeah, no problem. I hope everyone enjoys this. Uh, thanks to... Uh, let me make sure I, I have the right person. Thanks to uh, JH Hardcore for uh, harassing me about doing some long-form content where we discuss cards uh, uh, really push me over the edge and finally we're uh, putting some stuff out so thanks have a good one see ya see ya